It's been a busy week on the BYU slash college football front. Why not let you guys ask the questions you want answered? It is a Twitter Thursday edition of Locked On Cougars. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, my friends? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. The motto is your team every day, and as such, we are your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. So thank you for checking us out. By way of introduction, for any of you who may be checking us out for the first time, and based on the download numbers the last couple of days, I've got to think there are some of you out there. My name is Jake. I run a DJ and PK for the KSL Sports Zone, albeit not this week. I am still technically under quarantine until the end of the week and hoping to return to my radio job. But in the meantime, still talking a lot of BYU, doing this from my basement studio. As you can see, I got my little hat wall behind me there. Uh, it goes up a little bit higher also. There's some other hats all the way up there. So fun stuff uh, all the time, though, talking all things BYU. I'm wearing the hat I call the Lavelle today. Uh, this is actually a 1990s starter cap, snapback, green bill. It is legit from the 1990s. This is the Lavelle Edwards era type hats. That's why I call it the Lavelle, but let's get right to it. And today you guys are programming the show. You're going to ask your questions. I threw it out on Twitter earlier this morning, asking you guys to weigh in. And the first one that comes in actually relates to uh, the big 12 and what's going on with conference realignment. It actually comes via a Utah fan, albeit one of those cool Utah fans. I know that some of you probably think that's not a thing, but Christian Judd at Christian M Judd said, how much actual anxiety is there regarding Utah joining BYU in conference realignment. Well, Christian, I'm not 100% certain you'll actually be watching this and to get, get your answer. Hopefully you are, but uh, I think there's actually some anxiety out there, mainly among the fan bases, both Utah and BYU fan bases, about Utah potentially joining BYU. Now, there's a related question that came in from our good friend Jimmy Chesh, uh, and he asked the question. He said, PK uh, mentioned that uh, BYU, no, not BYU, the Big 12 is looking at Utah, Colorado, and the Arizona schools, and he thinks it's about a done deal. Now, I work with Patrick Kinahan on a daily basis. I know him relatively well. I'd say more than relatively well, actually really well. And PK does not throw things against the wall that he does not thoroughly vet and run through multiple sources to make sure that he's got his information straight. If PK says that the four corner schools, and by the way, I need to acknowledge this. Some of you in our comments on YouTube and also via social media don't think I know what the four corners refers to. I know what it refers to geographically. Let me be very, very clear about that. I know that the four states, one of which I live in, Utah, comes to a corner with the four other states, Colorado, New Mexico, and Arizona. The reference I am referring to is the four corner states reference in sports parlance with regards to the four, sta- four corner schools. I have never heard the Colorado, Utah, and the Arizona schools referred to as the four corner schools until literally this past week. So hopefully that makes a little bit of a clarification. I, I'm I'm not a complete nincompoop when it comes to geography, but uh, getting back to Christian's uh, question, how much actual anxiety is there? I think there are BYU fans out there who are 
quite anxious about Utah potentially joining the Big 12. And I think there are Utah fans who are quite anxious about potentially rejoining BYU in the same conference after nearly a decade in different uh, circumstances. Well, obviously with Utah in the Pac-12 and BYU is an independent. I, for one, think that the administrations of these two schools would actually be on board with bringing those two schools back together. The annual Holy War game would actually be a boon, I feel like, to the final weekend of the season in the Big 12. It's one of the true rivalries that is just absolutely uh, lights out. And I think that's the biggest thing is that you're going to see BYU fans obviously are going to be saying, oh, we don't want Utah, and Utah fans saying, well, we don't want BYU. You know what? This just may be the sports media guy in me. The Holy War is worth every dime that has ever been paid into it because it is traditionally one of the best games in college football. It has been such for the last three decades or so, really since Ron McBride took over the Utah football program and reinvigorated it. It's become one of the true rivalries that I really, really enjoy watching. So think of it what you will, but I think there's not as much anxiety regarding Utah joining the Big 12 potentially along with BYU than some might make you think out there on Twitter. So hopefully that answers the question. Now, the other thing uh, coming in is that you believe, or another Utah fan says, seems like BYU fans are really hoping Utah gets the shaft from the Big 12. I think that there are... BYU fans, absolutely, who want that. But I am fully on board, and this is my thinking, is that should Utah officially receive an invite slash pursuit invitation to the Big 12, BYU, as an administration, as a university, will not stand in the way of the Utes getting into the conference. I wholeheartedly believe that. I don't have any call what you will, sources, concrete info that make me believe that. That's just more of a gut feel for me. I think BYU would fully be on board on having Utah in the conference once again with them. That is what I truly believe. Now, other questions coming in here include David Ainscoff, our good friend, Shorts All Year on YouTube. He says, did you see this report saying that North Carolina, Florida State, Clemson, and Virginia are all negotiating to join the SEC? ESPN is trying to void their TV deal with the ACC. Now, David... I understand on its head this is pretty juicy, but why in the world would ESPN open up a contract that they have cost certainty on for the better part of over a decade till 2036 is when the current grant of rights runs out for the ACC? You're going to open up the doors, let those horses, to use the analogy, bolt the barn and think that they're going to come right back? No, there's no chance. The situation at hand is why would ESPN try and void a contract that is actually to their advantage currently and allow some of these conferences to, uh, not the conference, well, in the case of the ACC, allow the conference to renegotiate its TV rights? Why in the world would ESPN do that? Now, there are probably schools inside of that. I believe that UNC, Florida State, Clemson, Virginia, and probably everybody else in the ACC is probably looking at the money that's being uh, brought in by the Big Ten and the SEC saying, man, could we get there? Now, there may be a team or a program or a university who decides to challenge that in court at some point if they really get that desperate, but I see no reason for ESPN to avoid this deal because it's not in their best interest. Obviously, if you wanted to bolster the SEC and uh, take another shot at Fox with their Big Ten holdings, okay, I get that, but there's no reason for ESPN to reapproach the ACC right now and say, hey, you know what? Why don't we reopen negotiations and potentially cost ourselves, speaking of ESPN and ABC and the Disney parent uh, company, why don't we cost ourselves millions more dollars by reopening negotiations that we have had shut for years now. I, I don't see any 
point for them to do that. So I think that right now, with regards to the ACC, they're kind of standing pat. And the rumors out there of a potential quote-unquote loose affiliation with the Pac-12, with the quote-unquote Las Vegas Bowl, a playoff game essentially in Las Vegas, you know what? You can chase that if you want. I just don't see where it's to anybody's advantage in either the Pac-10 now and the ACC to have something like that. I, I've i learned at this point when it comes to conference realignment, anything can happen. It's true. Anything can happen. I thought BYU was going to get into the Big 12, what, three or four times in the decade that they didn't make it and they finally get in. Uh, count me as a guy who can't ever completely count out anything from happening. I truly think that everything is on the table. So there is still a lot to cover on that front. We'll continue to cover it, but I want to get us more specific BYU topics, some player personnel stuff, uh, recruiting questions. We'll get to all of that here in just a moment. First, though, today's episode of Locked on Cougars is brought to you by our friends over at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. Why would you endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like is your Odyssey or Honda Odyssey an LX or an EX and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand or brands that their warehouse happens to carry and can deliver to them. You've got computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket, so take advantage of it. I can speak to this directly because I've used Rock Auto to take care of my vehicles. The best part about Rock Auto is it's a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years online. Their prices are reliable low for every customer and they've got everything you can need everything from brake parts to tell lamps mortar oil even new carpet no matter what you guys need get to rockauto.com go explore their easy to use website today to find the solution for your all of your auto parts needs the best part about the website it truly is easy to use it's kind of old school in many ways you kind of select the brand that you have car you have the make or model the year the whatever trim it might have and then it tells you all the parts available to you guys, and it ships directly to your house. That's what I love about it. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Give us some credit if you don't mind. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Back to the mailbag here, and let's start off with another question with Nick Chadwick, one of our GFOPs, good friends of the podcast. Nick weighs in seemingly every time we do a mailbag, but always has good questions. He says, between Walker Lyons, Jackson Bauer, uh, Jackson Bowers, excuse me, Hunter Clegg, Ethan Thomason, uh, Spencer Fano, uh, let's see, who else we got here? Uh, Snow, uh, Will Snowden's son, Smith Snowden, and Cialia Sarah, what two or three does BYU need the most in the recruiting side of things. It says, props to Kalani and company for what they've done. I don't remember a time we've been so close to getting so much talent. P.S. I need the podcast loaded earlier in the day, sir. Nick, once I am back on more of my regular schedule, it will be loaded earlier in the day. I apologize. It's just It's been really weird working from home and I, like I said earlier this week, I'm not really cut out for the work from home life. I'm just going to say that but be, be, to get to your question, between those I think listed six or seven uh, high level recruits, all of them th- high three star or four star talents what two or three does BYU need the most well I am of the opinion that between Walker Lions and Jackson Bowers, who are both tight ends, you need one of those two. So one of Lions, one of Bowers. I would imagine that uh, I would think Jackson Bowers seems to be the guy, based on everything I have read slash heard, he seems to be more of a BYU lean right now. Uh, you'd bring one of those two in. Now, between the other five here, you got Hunter Clegg, who's a defensive end, Ethan Thomason, who's an offensive lineman, Spencer Fano, who's an offensive tackle, uh, 
Smith Snowden, who's a cornerback, and then Ciali Acer, who's also an offensive lineman. You want one of those offensive linemen. The guy that I would go after is Spencer Fano. I think he's a generational type talent at offensive tackle. The best part is you've got a hook in him with his older brother, Logan Fano, who already is at BYU. So you want one of those offensive linemen, but you'll take as many of them as you can get. And then between Clegg and Snowden, you want one of those defensive stars. I would opt for Hunter Clegg. I'm just, the only thing about Smith Snowden, he's just a small dude. He is not not your typical cornerback that BYU has gone after. He listed at 5'10". He's not the 6'1", 6'2", that BYU typically has had at cornerback in recent seasons. So, I guess if my wish list, if I were able to pick the three that I would want, I want Walker Lyons, Hunter Clegg, and then Spencer Fano. That's the three I would go after, Nick. All right, next one coming in. Uh, a question here about wild tar- turkey fart. <laughs> Good friend Ryan Van Wagen in a VWAG 23 says it's a ways out. Do you think BYU will be in it till the end for Keanu Dawes? And Keanu Dawes, for those of you who may not know, is a recent uh, offeree from the BYU men's basketball program. That last name may sound familiar for, to some of you BYU fans from the late 1990s, early 2000s. It is because he is the nephew of former BYU big man Derek Dawes. I know that's a blast from the past for certain people watching and or listening to this podcast, but Keanu Dawes is a six foot eight forward, a four star talent in the state of Texas. Uh, very talented player. I had a chance to watch some of his highlight reels, and dude can play ball. Now, I think BYU will be in it for Keanu Dawes. I don't necessarily, maybe to the end, is probably the, the question to answer here. If Keanu Dawes is obviously as close to his uncle as some hope he is, a guy like Derek Dawes can have a great influence on him and tell him all about BYU and maybe sell him a little bit harder on this. I, I don't know the complete background on Keanu, uh, what his family situation is, all that stuff. But I do believe that Mark Pope is all about getting the best talent he possibly can, and obviously going to Texas, to Big 12 country, and getting a guy like Keanu Dawes, who is a four-star talent along the way, you obviously need talent in the BYU basketball program, and a 6'8 forward who can play more of a swingman role, a 3 and D type guy, can slash to the bucket, all that stuff. I'd be all about Keanu Dawes picking BYU. It's fun to have uh, former players. I remember watching Derek Dawes play when I was a youngster going to BYU basketball games. It's crazy to think that he's got a nephew now who is of recruitable age. I believe that Keanu Dawes is a 2024 class uh, prospect, but keep an eye on that. I think that will be something that BYU will continue to chase until he tells them no. They will chase him all the way. Now, another question coming in here uh, from our good friend uh, Eric18Utah. Eric obviously works with me at the Zone Sports Network or the KSL Sports Zone is what I should say. He says, what's the outlook on the defensive line for BYU? It seemed like the staff was notably quiet about it at media day. And Eric, to answer your question simply, I think they are withholding uh, some cautious optimism right now about just the continued progress of this defensive line. I've talked about it on the podcast. The defensive line for BYU actually holds, I think, a major key to BYU's success as a football program in 2022. If they want to get to where they want to get to, that's win 10-plus games, pursue maybe a power, not a power six, a New Year's six bowl game. They need that defensive line to be able to slow down opposing rushing attacks. And they are going to face some of the most potent rushing attacks they've ever seen. Teams like Arkansas, Notre Dame, Oregon, they like to build their teams on the power run game. BYU in their offense, they want nothing more than to run the ball down your throat and then force you to uh, have to play off of play action. That's the key to winning football games in this day. And age. I know that we're all about the spread offenses and spread people out and all that stuff. Well, guess what? The best offenses have the best running games. It's true. If you want to look at the numbers, that 
offenses, the teams that can run the ball the best, typically are the most successful on offense. So BYU's defensive line has got to make strides this year. If they do not, BYU could find themselves having some really, really rough games again that we're all going to be crowing about on social media. Why can't Kalani Satake and Elisa Tuiaki stop the run? Blah, 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 blah. That type of stuff's going to come up again if this defensive line doesn't make progress. I am hearing uh, good things about just the overall height, weight, and strength combination for BYU's defensive line just with another year of seasoning under their belt. Guys like Josh Larson continue to be mentioned. I'm looking forward to seeing guys like a Tyler Batty continue to make progress in his own right as a defensive end. The interior of the defensive line is where it's more critical, though. you got to have guys uh, like Atunai Samahe. You've got to have those defensive tackles. They've got to hold up against the run. If they cannot do that, could be another long season for the BYU football program just without the ability to slow down those run games. It gives your team at a massive disadvantage with regards to the time of possession, the overall possessions your offense has, the ability to score points. You have to have this defensive line make progress. So I think there is cautious optimism for progress here from this defensive line. But to answer your question, Eric, I... I'm nervous. I am very nervous about this defensive line. I think they're still maybe another year away from truly being what I hope they could be. Maybe more what we saw during the 2020 season versus 2021, but I'd like to be wrong about that. All right, other questions coming in here. I include uh, one from our good friend. Where did I put this one? I apologize. Oh, Mojo at Mojo041719. Oh, 041719. Hope I got that right. Mojo is a member of the U.S. Air Force. So thank you for your service, Mojo. He says that ESPN has us going 7-5. and five. Which games are they wrong about? And this is based off of the FPI rankings, the Football, football Percentages Index, which gives teams the uh, percentage of their opportunities to win every game on their schedule. Essentially, on the 2022 schedule, BYU is an underdog against every Power 5 opponent on their schedule. I actually think the games that they've got wrong here, Mojo, two in particular that I would point to. I think that they've actually got the Baylor game wrong uh, because I think that Baylor is ripe for the picking when BYU is getting them early enough in the season. And congratulations, by the way, to Baylor, uh, the defending Big 12 champions, uh, picked to win the conference once again this year. I'm not surprised by that. But I think with the amount of turnover they have on their roster after their breakout season a year ago. Early in the season is the right time to get Baylor. And the week following that, going to Oregon, when Oregon's still trying to figure some things out under a new head coach in Dan Lanning, I think it's also a good time to get Oregon as well. I think those two in particular, ESPN's got wrong there. One other one that I think actually they picked relatively close, they just have BYU as an underdog in it, is the home game against Arkansas. BYU may be hurting a little bit coming home from what I would expect is a loss to Notre Dame in Las Vegas, but there's nothing like getting back into the horse and beating a Power 5 team on your home turf at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. So those are probably the games that I have wrong. I've said it before, I'll say it again, I have the benchmark for BYU success this year at nine wins. I think nine wins above that is gravy, below that is disappointing. That's kind of where I stand on. I think nine and three is where you sh- where I am pegging the success meter for BYU this year. Alright, uh, we'll have a couple more questions as we close out today's edition of the podcast, but I do need to share a word on our friends over at Built Bar first. Built Bar are the best tasting protein bars in the world. The best part is uh, they are 
absolutely delicious. The macros on these things, you will not believe how good they are and also how good they are for you. The macros on them, 130 to 180 calories, 17 to 19 grams of protein, depending on the bar. And the best part is the sugar levels, the uh, carbs, all that relatively low. The sugar uh, between four and seven grams of sugar, you cannot beat these bars. The macros on them, they're absolutely incredible. The best part is if a built bar, some of you have said they're too uh, dense for you guys, you have what they call their built puffs. They're a first of its kind collagen infused protein bar that's in a marshmallow form. It's soft, it's airy, it's really easy to chew, so much easier to chew than the built bars in certain circumstances. And the best part is all of them, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and the best part, all of them are delicious. So get to built.com right now, place your order. While you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. Support our friends at Built Bar and get enjoying the best tasting protein bars with Built Bar. We're also brought to you today by our friends over at Intercap Lending. There's a reason that no lender helps more families in the state of Utah with their mortgage needs than our friends at Intercap Lending. The reason, Intercap, they get deals done. They feature a quick and simple process. They're closing loans two weeks faster than the industry average. And although fast is great, the ultimate goal is to create a stress-free home loan process for you, the consumer. Any of you who have bought a home, refinanced a home, uh, have multiple homes, know how much of a hassle this process can be. Steve Carter is locked Lockdown's personal loan officer at Intercap Lending, and he'd love nothing more than to earn your business and help you guys out. The best part is, as a Locked On Cougars listener, you qualify for their corporate rate discount. All you got to do is when you reach out to Intercap Lending, make sure to tell them that you listen to Locked On Cougars and you heard Jake Hatch mention this, and they'll give you that corporate rate discount. Uh, you can reach out to Steve directly via his phone number, 385-800-8528. That is 385-800-8528. We all know that interest rates are on the rise right now. There is still an opportunity if you want to get into the market now and do it quickly. Do it with our friends at Intercap Lending. If you want to reach out uh, to Steve via email, his email is scarter at intercaplending.com. Or if you would prefer that I and the rest of the Locked On uh, Podcast Network help arrange a meeting for you guys, reach out to us. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Nothing more than to hook you guys up with, the friend, with, our, with our friends over at Intercap Lending. The best part is Intercap Lending is not a fly-by-night organization. They've got 44 years of experience behind them. The best part is they are license to help in more than 40 states nationwide, not just here at home in Utah where they are headquartered. So they can help you guys out wherever you might be. So once again, reach out to Steve, 385-800-8528 or reach out to us. That's intercaplending.com to find out more. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. Intercap Lending is an equal housing lender. All right, before we go on today's show, let's get to the other questions here that we need uh, to answer that you guys sent in this week. Our good friend Ryan Welling at Ryan underscore Welling says there's been a lot of speculation about Pac-12 programs joining the Big 12 or staying put in the Big 12. With conference realignment largely being driven by uh, capturing market value, would Oregon, Washington, and or Utah, for that matter, consider going independent? Now, Ryan, that is a very interesting question. It's something that has not come up so far in this most recent Round of conference realignment. If I'm, if based on what I have seen, let me be very clear about that. I have not uh, seen anybody mention that. But I thought it, I, I would think if it came to it, and a, a program like Oregon or Washington in particular, I think this is more about Oregon with a guy like Phil Knight driving the ship. Obviously, Phil Knight, the guy who built Nike into what it is, he's in, uh, given the University of Oregon millions and millions of dollars over the years. Oregon, I feel like if Phil Knight really wanted to throw money at it 
could be a program that could go independent and be successful. I'd be more worried about a program like Washington, and especially in the case of Utah, being able to succeed as an independent. You have to have a built-in following to succeed with that. And it's nothing against Utah. It's nothing against Washington. They have fan bases, but they're more localized. Think about why BYU and Notre Dame have succeeded in independence. Uh, Notre Dame for well over a century now. BYU did it for a very successful 10 plus years. It's because they have a religious affiliation. Notre Dame with the Catholics, BYU with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. There are members of the LDS faith worldwide who have an interest in BYU. Maybe not just an outright fandom, but there is an interest in BYU. Utah doesn't have that. Washington doesn't have that. The only reason I think Oregon might be able to succeed with it, to succeed with it, is if Phil Knight wants to put the requisite millions, maybe billions of dollars to build them up. They'd have to create their own TV network, similar to what BYU TV has been for BYU, to do something like that. But I'm not going to say it couldn't happen. I just feel like of those schools in the Pac-12 who are looking at this right now, Oregon really feels like the only one that could possibly have that work out for them. So maybe I'm wrong about that, but to answer your question, I guess Oregon could pursue it. I just don't necessarily think it would be the most prudent decision at the current time. Uh, By the way, uh, a thing that I talked about yesterday coming in from Dennis Dodd, who is a far more sourced individual than myself, one of the foremost authorities when it comes to college football, says that uh, Oklahoma and Texas both had a vote in hiring new commissioner Brett Yormark for the Big 12. Makes sense since they will both be playing at least one season with him as the new leader. But he says Yormark, this is the interesting part, by the way, is getting incredibly high marks early from those within the league. He has jumped in with full, he has jumped in with both feet. He is fully engaged. Backs up what I said yesterday. The conversation I had with my friend who is far more in the know on BYU matters said that Brett Yormark, he's getting a lot of high uh, ratings and reviews right now uh, when it comes to what he has done early on in his tenure as Big 12 commissioner. And like I said, he still doesn't even officially man the post. His his contract does not start officially till August 1, but he is not going to let things just kind of fritter out there on the wayside and hope to heavens that everything works out. He is making sure that the Big 12 is in the best position at possibly can be and making sure that he he makes his job as uh, stable as it possibly can be as well. A lot of work to be done. There's no doubt about that. But it sounds like Brett Yormark, he's hit the ground running and he's doing some good things. And I think we as BYU fans out there in Cougar Nation should be very thankful to be in the Big 12 right now and being on the doorstep of getting into the Big 12, but also at the same time be very thankful that the Big 12 is in a very, very good spot right now. And if PK's right, and I have got no reason to doubt my friend PK because, like I said, he doesn't throw things out there. He thinks that Arizona, Utah, and uh, Colorado, are the Arizona schools, Utah and Colorado, might be on their way into the Big 12. It's crazy to think about, but it'd be fun all the same. And uh, we'll see what happens. There's still so much to go with regards, uh, so much time to go because, what, are we two days into that 30-day window with the with the Pac-12 shopping their media rights, the exclusive negotiation window with ESPN and or Fox? Well, who's to say that either one of those entities actually agrees to a deal with the, big, uh, with the Pac-12 during that period? And then when it opens up beyond that, what happens then? There is so much still to go on this. It could take months, if not years, for the ultimate uh, thing, the ultimate outcome of this most recent round of conference realignment to play out. And I mean that sincerely because there's just so many different moving parts that you can't say that, okay, you move a part here, that happens there. You move here, it happens there. there's, It's not that simple. There is the butterfly effect. There's that ripple effect that is going to affect multiple things. You're not be able to control all the outcomes. There's 
absolutely no way to do that. So still a long ways to go, but sure looks like the Big 12 is in a very, very good spot right now all things considered. All right. Thank you to all of you for your guys' questions. I cannot thank you enough. We will do more of these mailbags as the month progresses. We're getting closer and closer to Big 12 Media Days next week. We obviously have a BYU fall camp training camp coming up at the end of the month. Football is almost here, folks. So get ready for it. And of course, we'll be back with you guys again tomorrow, rounding out the week here on Locked On Cougars. Until then, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Want to encourage you guys to get over to our friends over the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Get more of a a 30,000 foot view of the Big 12 with our good friend Josh Neighbors, who is the host of Locked On Big 12. Get that free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Until then, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for uh, July 7th, 2022. Talk to you guys tomorrow.